everyone. Welcome to another weekly episode of Limitless Podcast, a place where we bring together global leaders in sales and marketing. My name is Sanjana and I'm the host of Limitless Podcast. Today we are speaking with Marcus, currently the principal product marketing manager at HubSpot. He designs narratives, creates GTM strategy and launches products at HubSpot. So prior to HubSpot, he helped bring AdWords and YouTube products to market at Google and was part of the team that grew the startup Wildfire, which was acquired by Google in 2012. He's fascinated with innovation, startups, and new technology, and actively writes about the NBA. Hello, Marcus. Welcome to Limitless. Thanks. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining in today. I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our topic today, which is how product marketers create product-driven startups. All right. So this is such an interesting topic to discuss uh, being a product marketer myself. And I'm looking forward to a great conversation with you today, Marcus. Awesome. I didn't know you were a PMM. That's very cool. Uh, yeah, we can both uh, relate. Exactly. Uh, so Marcus, uh, you had written an excellent article on Medium on the same topic of our discussion today. Uh, I read that article and that's how I reached out to, you know, uh, you to talk, to talk more about it in detail. Uh, such an interesting uh, piece for all the product marketers out there on creating a product driven startup. So I've added the article's link in the description below. Do check it out. Um, so in your article, Marcus, you have uh, kicked it off with this idea that the ultimate challenge facing businesses is vector alignment. So what does that mean and why is it so important for companies? Yeah, so that whole idea came from, uh, believe it or not, a camping trip that our founder of HubSpot, Dharmesh Shah, went on with Elon Musk, where Elon Musk told him all about this idea of vector alignment and how it's the ultimate challenge for companies. And basically, Elon Musk's point was that everybody inside of a company uh, has energy and has, you know, um, impact uh, and they can vector that energy in a certain direction uh, and for the most part you look at a company most companies really have all these people who have energy and who are doing things are vectored in either slightly different or very different directions uh, and they're all everyone is kind of pushing against each other right and f kind of fighting each other with their energy even in small ways and when you are you know really a company of any any size but especially a small company when you're able to vector your energy all in the same direction uh, and really have a very strong identity where everyone kind of knows exactly you know who you are and what you do and the story you're telling and everybody has a lot of energy and focus around this idea. Uh, that's the solution to this, to this challenge of vector alignment. And um, okay. it couldn't be more true. You know, I think when, even I see it, at, I see it at HubSpot, I see it at small companies. Uh, and when companies really have this alignment, they have huge outsized impact. Mm -hmm. oh, interesting views there, Marcus. So in the piece, you say that uh, every company needs to find an identity and your identity will help you align vectors, right? So how do you define that and how does it work? Yeah, so I think, you know, identity is kind of a, you know, maybe it's a proxy for like brand or culture. Um, I like the word identity just because it's like, you know, who, who we are and what we stand for and really what we're focused on. And I think that, you know, identity to me is really this idea of just kind of, you know, focus and energy and, and that being really tight and clear. Uh, and, 
you know, a lot of like culture can kind of happen if you don't let it and the same with brand. And so it's just being intentional about this, I think is really important uh, and really focusing on it, as, especially when you're starting a company and really understanding it and kind of creating it. Um, you do need to kind of, you know, build it based on the people who work at your company. Uh, but you can create an identity. And, and I think just most companies really don't think about it too much. And uh, yeah. the ones that do, I think, um, it's clear that they do when it works, especially. Exactly. And you also argue that uh, product marketers give you a product driven identity, right? So at a high level, how do they do that? Yeah. So, you know, I, like, I think there's a lot of talk around product led companies right now. And I think that's a little bit different from, from my idea that I think a, a product driven company is really just a company that really believes in its product. And that's where they find a lot of their identity is for, is through their product uh, and what they build. And this is, this is important, I think, because you can have companies that have a strong identity, but it might be really marketing driven or really sales driven. Uh, mm -hmm. And while those can, you know, help drive revenue at first, like ultimately they're challenged um, because they don't have this strong identity based on what they build. And so they can get away from their product. And that's, you know, I think, you know, a marketing team that's talking about something that the market is really interested in or customers are really interested in, but ultimately doesn't have much to do with their product. Um, people may buy, but you're going to have issues around churn and you're going to, you're going to tell interesting stories that are going to be really disconnected from what you sell or what the product does. And that's a massive problem. So if you can make your product, your identity, uh, and have your identity and your stories and your marketing and your uh, everything really kind of be based in you know what it is that you've built. Uh, you're going to have a much healthier go-to-market model and company, um, and that's really what product marketers do, right? Product marketers to me are these creative um, kind of generalist marketers who have a marketing skill set, but they're almost they almost sit in the product team and are embedded into product, and so they really learn and digest and understand the product in a way that most marketing teams and sales teams don't. And then you know, I think good product marketers are really good at creating narratives, building product positioning, creating these stories, and then going out to your internal teams or to your customers or to the market and getting people excited and telling, you know, building, building kind of vector alignment and getting uh, people rowing in the same direction around kind of one idea. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I personally as a product marketer is, you know, it's why I love my job is because I get to do this, but also I think that's how we have so much impact. Um, kind of hard to measure, but I mean, I think that's what generally, you know, this is kind of a pitch to startups to be like, Hey, hire a product marketer early. And this is what you want them to do. And this is when they have a big impact is when you, they can come in kind of help build this product driven identity. Um, and really just kind of, you know, give your company a lot of momentum and, and help build that identity. Rightly said. So having an impact uh, on your product team is really important as a product marketer. Uh, so the, the piece then breaks down the work PMMs do uh, into a hierarchy of needs like a primitive visual. So how does that work? Yeah. So um, that is, it basically is, you know, like a works like kind of like a hierarchy of needs makes sense. So I wanted to build some kind of visual that just like, I use to think about my work and that I think would be helpful for other people in product marketing to think about their work. Um, and when I started to think about like, you know, the work that I do and how I think about it in my process, it really is like, there's these different foundational levels. You know, you can't really do a great product launch until you've done an, until you've done an awesome, you know, kind of cross-functional roadshow. And you can't do that until you've built this. And it's kind of all these pieces kind of fell together in my mind of how this works. Um, and so that's kind of how the 
the pyramid works. And I think about it as like, really, if you're new to a product marketing role and you're trying to figure out like where to start and how to go about your, you know, your day and, and the things that you're working on, the pyramid is, is especially useful for people like that thinking about this. And I think it'll help them um, define their work and really ultimately be like really successful in their job. Mm -hmm. All right. So can you tell us uh, about each phase of the pyramid? Yeah, so at the um, so if you start at the bottom, and this is the visuals laid out in the piece, but the first the first really foundational pay, uh, phase is just sort of it's just called product, and that's really just the relationship that you have with your product team. Uh, you know, I think that it's not a problem I've necessarily had a ton um, because I think that you know you really have to have kind of clear roles and like a shared. Um, uh, a shared vision and a shared goal with your product team, PMMs and, you know, uh, product directors or GMs or whoever it is. Uh, but I think there's, you know, there's sometimes there's often like, uh, it's unclear who should do what, or like that relationship with the product marketer and the product marketing manager can be a little bit murky. Um, you got to figure this out, right? Like if this isn't structurally sound, if you don't have a good relationship with the PMM that you're working with, or it's unclear who does what, or if it's unclear what your goals are, it's really, really hard to be good at your job. And so this is, you know, super important. And one thing I like to say is that, you know, sometimes I think like the, you can have a product manager who sort you know, has a, a team and they may think like, oh, you know, my designer and my product marketer, like, you know, they work for me. And that, that's probably not a healthy relationship because it's not a partnership. Yeah. So how yeah. I think about it is that we all work for the product, you know, like we're all in support of the product and kind of the product and the customers at the other end of the product, they're the boss, right? And like, we're all trying to do as best that we can to deliver for them. Um, so that found that helpful. Uh, but yeah, that first phase is just, is super foundational. If you don't nail that, um, it's hard to move up. And this is also what really differentiates a product marketer in my mind too, is that like they could step in and, you know, pretend to be a, a product manager for like, you know, a day or a week, like they know the product so well that mm -hmm. if they need to jump on a support call and help out, like they clearly can. And um, that's such a critical part of being a good product marketing manager. You may not put that, you know, you, you will put that knowledge to use a lot. Um, maybe not in the way of like, you know, doing uh, support calls all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. And you don't have to know it as, you don't have to know the product as in depth as the product manager, but you do really have to know it really, really well. And also like the roadmap for the product and you have to be able to demo. So just this product knowledge is really the foundation I feel to being a good PMM. Uh, the next phase of the pyramid is then research. So what I think really differentiates a product marketing manager from a product marketer is our strength of the knowledge of the market. Right. So mm -hmm. like, you know, PMM or PMs, product managers often know the customer really well. They know the problem really well. They know how the product is going to built really, be built really well. And I think they should lean on product marketers to really understand what's happening in the market, you know, competitive wise, what's going on in the category, what category do we fit into? Who is the competition in that category? How are we different? What are, the, what are the stories that these other companies are telling? How can we tell a unique story? Um, and this is like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, this is hardcore research, right? So this is, there should be data analysis at this phase. Mm -hmm. There should be some quantitative research. You should be able to, to do some survey and customer interviews. Um, really, really good positioning does not come together without this super strong research muscle. And I don't, I don't always see, I think, that, I think most PMM teams like know this is important, but I don't always see a ton of this. Um, 
And those two things, also I see PM, PMM teams jump, they want to jump right into narrative and positioning and messaging uh, before they do, they've built this great product relationship or they've done this research. Um, and it's really hard to be, to build good positioning, to build strong value props, to build an interesting narrative if you haven't done your research or if you don't really understand the product. Um, so that's why kind of narrative design really fits into the middle of this. Uh, and this can mean a lot of things, you know, I go more in depth in the piece, but you know, I think this is if you're, whether you're launching a product or whether you're working on an existing product, this is really just like understanding your story, building that positioning, writing actual words, you know, maybe it's a, you're built, you're starting to build pitch decks here. Um, I think, you know, the sales pitch deck or, you know, an internal memo uh, are pretty cool tactics at this phase. Um, and then once you've kind of sort of, this is kind of a packaging stage too, in my mind, this, this sort of narrative step. Once you've packaged all of this up and really built kind of, you know, the story here and something that is ready to take externally, you can one uh, is take this to other teams, right? So cross team is the, is the next step. And that's really just like a road show, but it also involves external components. So I think it's important at this phase too, to, to get it in front of customers, get it in front of the rest of your team, test it. Uh, and then really at HubSpot or a larger company, right? So we will go, I will go to, to in-person meetings, to all the different teams. I will make sure that people see this on the wiki. I will do this in, you know, at our larger meetings and you really get, you go to the sales team, work with sales enablement. You're really going out to all your partner teams. Product marketing is an extremely cross-functional role. Um, and you're making sure you're getting everybody excited about this, getting them the right information about the product, helping them build that campaign. And only then, once you've done all these things, can you really launch. So there's, there's not too much in the, in the launch here because I think you know, a lot of what product marketing is known for and what we focus on are launch campaigns, but there's so much kind of below that, right? That like makes a successful launch happen um, and that leads up to it. So a lot of the time this work is happening in, you know, a lot of these pieces can be happening all at the same time. Um, but I wanted to put this together just to kind of, show how I think about it and give some structure to product marketing, um, the role. Extensive structure there. Uh, so I'm genuinely enjoying this conversation. I hope our, dis our listeners are reaping a ton of benefits. So let's keep this going. Uh, I want to understand, like, how did you develop this structure to PMM work? Yeah, so I think it was just, you know, especially my experience here at HubSpot's been um, foundational to it. But, you know, I think this is, it's really kind of a combination of, of trial and error and then just going back and looking at launches and looking at my work and being like, you know, why didn't this work or why wasn't this better? Um, and this is, and even this is a, you know, at this point, it's a few years old, I should probably refresh it. But uh, it's really just, you know, from, from my experience, talking to other teams, talking to customers and figuring out like what makes a launch great, you know, what makes, what are the, what are the, um, the potholes that other people can avoid, uh, you know, so just, just experience and process. Okay. And, and how do you put it to use? Yes, we put it to use constantly. You know, this is sort of how, um, whether I start working with a new product marketing or a new products team or, you know, with a new product group or just trying to, uh, you know, define my day or quarter. Usually if there's a big launch coming up, I, I don't always come back to the pyramid. It's sort of just kind of built into my head, but this is uh, basically, you know, the process that I'm going through constantly. Okay. Uh, and now I'm curious, like, how does this process scale as you grow? Yeah, so that can, that can definitely be tricky. I think a lot of it is around just the relationship that you have with yeah. that 
this complicates like that first bottom phase of the pyramid, I think, right? You know, because um, at HubSpot, at least our product product team grew a lot faster than our product marketing team. And so you kind of, where maybe this is, all right, where you used to be, you know, you would have a, uh, you would own a small set of products and a, a small set of PMs to work with. And I think as the team grew, I started to own more products, started to work with, um, you know, maybe like a director or a GM of an entire product line. Uh, and so you can still, you can still do it. I think it's really, um, especially about scaling the bottom to it's sort of about scaling that bottom part of the pyramid and really your relationships mm-hmm. with product make sure those are still strong um, but you're meeting with the right people you're building the relationships with the right people and then trying to be just focused i think that you know as you grow usually product marketers end up taking on more products uh, yeah. and the problem right and the problem with yeah. that is that if your team isn't you know totally scaling to, to the point where you still have a small amount of products um, which makes sense that you that you that most companies don't do that um, you just have to get more focused i think that trying to do a lot of things well is is very hard versus you know just trying to do like a few things really really great and that shows as the company grows so i think you know product marketing we go through at hubspot we have a pretty not complex but we have an in-depth way of um, prioritizing the things that we work on um, so that we are able to you know say no to the product team in certain respects, but then also really crush our launches that we, that we know are going to be high impact and that are most important to the company. Okay. Uh, so what is your take on this? So will the process change in the future or remain constant? Yeah. So I think the, you know, the thing that has really changed about this since I, I wrote it is just that, you know, I think the, the need, and it's, maybe it's just an omission from this. I mean, HubSpot's always, um, we've done a good job of having like a strategic narrative that kind of shapes all of the marketing and all of the product launches that we do. It's our inbound marketing story. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that has been the story of HubSpot for a long time. And it's sort of, you know, as we redefine it and we look at it differently slightly from year to year, but that's kind of the piece that um, I think is missing from this. You know, most companies have not most companies, most companies have a story, but very few have like a, um, a strategic narrative or, you know, a story that they've really designed exactly. and focused on. Um, and Hub, HubSpot has it, uh, which is great. You know, I think some other companies um, do a really good job of this. And when they do these launches and all of this work as a product marketer, it always ladders up into those larger stories. Um, and that mm-hmm. is a really important part of mm-hmm. being a good product marketer too, because you want to do your work you want to have awesome launches. You want to have interesting stories, but they need to be part of that larger company strategic narrative um, every single time, right? Because that is, that is vector alignment too, right? You want to, you want to stay focused and rowing in the same direction. So that is how I would change this if I were to rewrite it today, which I probably should. All right. So uh, what's your advice to startups thinking about uh, product marketing for the first time? Yeah. So, I mean, in an in investment, I don't know, you know, sometimes I, I see it from startups where they do invest in product marketing early. Sometimes I see them added on later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that just, you know, there's such a, the thing about software, especially in like B2B software where I work um, is that the, it just, the, every category is so crowded and it's easy for these companies to kind of spin up technology and it's harder to find differences in, in functionality and your product specifically. Um, so investing in product marketing and storytelling and um, strategic narrative, narrative design, strategic narratives early on is smart, even if you don't even know what you're doing, right? Just starting to build that muscle and investigate it and figure it out um, 
is huge because when you build this identity, the earlier you build this identity that I'm talking about in this piece, the stronger it gets, right? And it's like, it's really hard to change and it's really hard to um, reinvent yourself on the fly because you kind of have to start over. So uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of simple, right? Like hire someone who's, who's seen this before, who's done this before, I think is my advice. You know, if you um, have someone who can, can come in and help kind of guide this from a marketing standpoint, I think it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that'd be my advice. All right. So that was super insightful. Um, I actually learned a ton of uh, insights from you. Uh, so before we wrap it up, uh, let's do a quick rapid fire. Okay, all right. So I'll ask you a series of questions and you have got to answer me, uh, you know, very quickly. Yeah. All right. Shall we, uh, shall we get started? Yeah. Nervous a little bit, but let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So what's your goal for this year? Can be personal or professional? Yeah, my goal for this year, um, you know, a lot of it is, I think my personal goal for this year is just to like really build my muscles around um, strategic narratives and narrative design, as I put it. I think that it's super important. I think it's so important right now. And I think there's something, um, it's just it's just how crowded and noisy everything is. I think the the big thing I think is that like so many companies are so much better at marketing and product marketing and positioning now that it is just harder and harder to get noticed and be interesting. And I think that uh, narrative design is really where companies are going to stand out. And so it's really my personal goal to get, to get, to learn everything I can about it and to kind of build my own process around it and to get great at it. All right. Uh, The next question is what's your favorite productivity hack? I guess, you know, my favorite productivity hack is like, I love Slack, but just turning off Slack, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it it just makes such a big difference. Like turning off everything. I don't, maybe that's a a lame answer, but like when I have email and Slack, uh, I can tell myself that I'm not going to look at them, but I look (laughs) at them anyway and I just have to turn them off and I can, I can get real, you know, in like deep work done. So for me, it's that. Okay. Um, And then what's your favorite book? Um, So... This isn't a book I read recently, but I just recommended it to somebody, a product marketer is um, Nate Silver wrote a book called The Signal and the Noise. And it's just Mm -hmm. about um, data analysis. And he's this really smart guy who uh, I think predicted a lot of elections is how he got famous uh, uh, a few years ago here in the States. And he, the way he thinks about like data analysis and building projections has been really helpful for me as maybe not a natural like statistics person. Um, Yeah. But like you read the book and it's, it's just really easy to digest his process and gives you a new way to think about like data and statistics in in a way that's super helpful for me as a, as a marketer. Um, Yeah. So that was a book. That's a book I would really recommend for. All right. I'll, I'll definitely give it a read then. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the last question is, whose content do you follow the most on LinkedIn? Whose content do I follow the most on LinkedIn? Oh, man. I mean, like, I don't want to say Dave Gearhart and Andy Raskin, because probably a lot of people will, but they're just, they're really crushing it right now. It's like, I I love what they have to say. It's really good. Um, It's hard not to ignore. It's just like, you can't ignore them. And um, it's super interesting. And I think they also like the discussion that happens in a lot of those threads is like really good. And sometimes on Twitter, you know, on Twitter, I don't see that. Like in Twitter, it's it's often like a lot of people like complaining and stuff. But I just love the um, where LinkedIn is right now. It feels like there's a really good community of people who kind of care about uh, these things, and the the discussion is always really good, including from yourself. So, um, uh, thank yeah. you, thank <laughs> you, Marcus. Um, 
All right, so I think uh, we're done. And just curious about this one before we end. Uh, and we ask this question in, question in every podcast. So do you and your team use videos in your marketing activities? Oh, yeah, what role absolutely. does it play? Yeah, absolutely. Video is one of those things, you know, it's just like um, there's such a change in the world around, around video where uh, people love the medium. You know, I think like uh, if you're a product marketer, if you're a marketing team and you're not invested in video or don't, aren't thinking about it as part of your launches, you're absolutely missing. I mean, the, it's, it's, I guess it's simple, you know, the, like video is just such the, it's the most powerful storytelling medium we have, right? It's sight, sound, and motion. Uh, and there's no way to tell a better story than through sight, sound, and motion. Like my, mm. I've got a four month old child um, and his name's yeah. Emmett. He's a great kid. And like already, like he's just like, you know, we try not to, he's, uh, we don't, he's, he doesn't have any screen time, but like if he sees a TV, if he sees a screen and he sees that sight, sound, and motion, he's instantly captivated. It's just something that's like built into our brains as humans that's, video is extremely captivating. Um, and yeah, it, you know, if you're, if you're not using it, I think you're missing out on a great storytelling device. So yeah, we use it in every launch. Um, and we try to get better at it. You know, videos, video can be challenging. Uh, but yeah, mm. we, um, work, work on building that muscle all the time. All right. Thanks much for this lovely conversation, Marcus. Um, you sure have given us a lot to think about, uh, product marketing and how, uh, it can create product driven startups. And I'm looking forward to learning more from you uh, in LinkedIn. And uh, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Awesome. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And um, same. Yeah. See you again, Marcus. Bye. See ya. Bye. Stay tuned to our weekly upcoming episode with more sales and marketing leaders from around the globe. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more. Subscribe to get notified when a new episode is out. Also, please leave us a review if you're on Apple. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.